And now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the melting pack. Here's your host, Pat Johnson. Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show, The Melting Path, the Next Level Network. Thank you for being here. Hope your day is going well. Today's a special day, many special days in a row here at the show, in that it's not just me. We sat down with a wonderful musician and uh, just a great dude all around, and David Michael Frank, and we just chatted. We just got done, actually, so I figured I have the microphone set up. I might as well record all this now and not have to worry about it later. So hopefully... Uh, we didn't have any big audio issues. Like I said, haven't started any of the stuff because we just finished 10 minutes ago, not even. So we went all over. We went all, all about uh, his songwriting process and how things have changed with how he's releasing music and how he's embraced TikTok, which apparently I'm supposed to do, according to some people. Um, and we went all over the place with all of that stuff. So it was really fun. Enjoyed it a lot. He's a great dude. He appears also, uh, need to mention this, he appears courtesy of 258PR. Thank you, Hope, very much for sending him my way. So his new song is called Only One. We're going to play it at the end of the chat here. But uh, for the moment, yeah, this is all the show is, just me, uh, just me chatting. Nothing uh, nothing else. I know we got Game of the Week for the NFL. Week one is, uh, is upon us, but I have not even picked a game yet because I'm doing this on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, if you want to get in on that, let me know. But... For now, the show for today is me chatting with, I, I almost did it again, David Michael Frank. There we go. I feel like I have to say it in my head three times before I say, say it out loud. Anyway, just here's the just crap the can open. Here we go. Oh, so I forgot to tell you, you could say whatever you want. You may be censored by the Super Mario coin sound effect, but uh, don't let that stop you. All right, all right. <laughs> Sometimes I forget to mention that, and... And people are like, oh my God, can I swear? You can swear. Say whatever you want. All right. All right. I will <laughs> I will be as uncensored as possible. <laughs> so how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing good. It's uh it's sort of a crazy, hectic time in my life, but uh looking around and enjoying enjoying the ride. Doing well. How are you doing? Are you I'm doing all right, man. Just you know, working and doing the dad stuff. I think we're both dads of one year olds, correct? Yeah, just my baby just turned one. How, how old's your baby? He just, he turned one in May. Oh man, exciting times! Oh my god, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know if anyone else knows this. Toddlers are a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. We're going to talk yes. all about babies. Um, yes. and how do you guys have a uh, uh any any help to find? No, it's she's a, my wife's a stay at home mom. She's a superhero, and uh. That's kind of it. Just we're just doing the thing. Sometimes, like if if uh, we got to go somewhere, we do have people kind of on standby if we need them. But generally, it's just two of us. We're just her. Well, most it's more her doing all the things. It's nuts, man. Yeah, uh, we we just pass the baby back and forth. So for for this podcast, she knows that she's watching the baby. But I know the second we finish, she's gonna be like, "All right, take the baby," and we're like, "All right, fine." <laughs> and then you have another one after this. It's true. I have two podcasts today, so it's a busy day for me. But um, wow, just bring, you could have brought the baby on this show. That would be I, fine. I I could have. I, <laughs> he How he does well. Your one year old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's maybe there's a bunch of other one year olds listening to the podcast on their own platforms. Oh man, that'd be fun. Good luck, kids. Sorry for the coins. 
<laughs> yeah, so you got a lot going on. Are you you just released a new song? We're gonna talk about it. It's your mm-hmm. solo debut, correct? Yeah, I've been in bands for uh, I think at this point it's probably like twelve years or so of being a professional musician, releasing music in bands, and for the first time I am releasing music under my own name, um, which is is a little crazy and exciting and so it's weird to call it my debut because I've really had a lot of releases. Um, but under my name, this is my debut. This is the first song under David Michael Frank. Uh, the song is called Only One, and it sort of feels like the beginning of my career, which is exciting. Yes, you've kind of been in the trenches musically, I suppose, mm-hmm. because you've been doing you know, the band thing, and now you're on your own. So how how is the process, how is the transition, I guess, from writing with a band to writing by yourself? Like, do you do all the stuff yourself? Do you have people come in and say, hey, can you check this out and see where we can go? How does it work generally when you, at this point now, put a song together? It's actually a little little different. When I was in bands, I, I usually wrote all of the music, um, produced most of it or all of it, and and then would send you know an email to the guys being like, hey, here's the demo, what do you think? Do you have anything you'd change? And usually... It was like, yeah, the drums are cool. I can come in and record them. And they would, you know, the drummer would record the parts that I programmed and the guitarist would add something to the extra guitar layers. He would always try to add like a lead guitar line on top of whatever I'd already recorded. But as far as lyrics goes and music and and melody, that was usually all me. Um, And then when I moved to Nashville a year ago, I had been growing a lot on TikTok and a bunch of songwriters hit me up. And in Nashville, I don't know if you know, but the songwriting scene is is insane out here. They will schedule themselves in a write at 10 a.m., schedule a write for 1 p.m. and a write for 5 p.m. And they'll set up sort of a different group of, of who's writing with who and what their goal is and what are they writing for. So I got hit up by all these songwriters, like probably trying to you know make a buck when I release a song eventually. Um, but I, I entertained I entertained the idea and I went outside of my comfort zone and I I decided to all right, well, I've been writing and releasing by myself for all these years, um, sure, in bands, but I was always the sole writer. How do I write with other people who are pros? So when I got to Nashville, I started doing all these writing sessions with people who their jobs are just rhyme schemes and a message. Uh, maybe it's not a message that's so personal to them, but they can write about them and they know all the the tricks and trades. So I'm used to writing from my heart and and practically cr- sometimes crying while writing the song and, and, and pacing around the room for days on end to try to get the perfect lyric and the perfect meaning and message. Uh, so then when you pair that with people who have the, the skills of writing about something that isn't their most deepest heart personal feeling, you actually get uh, something really, really exciting. So with all of my upcoming music, not all of it, but most of my upcoming music, I actually worked with people who um, they write for a living. So they were able to to help me get what I was trying to get um, with me still running the ship and and on the reins, but with people who are more talented at words um, than I am because they're doing it three times a day. You know, I, I do a million things and I play guitar and bass and drums and piano and sing um, and I make TikToks and I have a vlog channel and I have a CBD company on the way and I, there's and a, a baby and a wife and she has her own channel. I'm doing a million things. So I'm not writing three songs a day like these people are. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it was really, really exciting. And I have written the best songs of my life. And only one is the first one that I've rolled out. But they're all very personal to me. 
And I'm just really excited to start rolling them out. So you have all these ideas and they're, you kind of come in maybe with a polished idea, maybe with a raw idea and you sit down with a songwriter and they say, okay, here's the, like you have your plan. You say, okay, how do we get there? How do we get, make this idea, whether you have a hook, whether you have a verse, whether you just have seven words and in in the rest of it, you know, an outline or whatever you do. And so these people just sit down and say, okay, here's how we're going to get there. And they kind of guide you along in that way. Yeah. In the past, I've been writing, you know, like I said, sort of more from the heart and more, um, more personal and in and, and that way. And when you combine it with people who they think in song math and they think in, in a certain amount of beats that need to be in to be repetitive and catchy. And this is going to be the rhyme scheme that we're going to use. We're going to do an AABA where in, in the past I was, maybe I was following a rhyme scheme, but I would maybe make exceptions because I had a message I was trying to say. So now you sort of combine it and they take sort of my unpolished, uh, self-taught musical writing. And I've released hundreds of songs, but I've learned my own tricks and trades, compare it with people who do this uh, a little bit more by the book as far as these are the tricks and trades of, of what works, um, what you know, Max Martin and, and uh, Ryan Tedder and maybe some of the great songwriters out there are setting up with. Um, yeah, so they've just been helping me polish some of those ideas, and it's been really exciting. That's kind of awesome. I feel like I should... Uh, I released some music last year, and it was you know, stuff we wrote when we were teenagers, and I finally got a round of recording because, well, there was a global pandemic, and I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my wife got pregnant and I said, okay, we've been at this for, we've had this project for so long. Now I have a hard deadline. It's got to be done before the kid comes. Cause if it's not, I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so finally I was like, yeah, this is great. And so I've been thinking like, how do I do the next one? I'm like, what if someone else, what if I get a pro? I think that would be an interesting kind of dynamic where like, here's what I have now make it sound prettier. Thanks. Yeah. Here's seven hundred dollars. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you work with <laughs> when you work with people, um, and and I do a lot of production on the side for other people. I I do less now, but when I lived in Los Angeles, it was such a grind that um, I would take more more gigs and do more mixing and production and mastering for people um, and video recording. But when you get to the state that you can start to spend money on on your art and work with people who are more talented than you at whatever it might be, it might be mixing, it might be mastering, it might be vocal production. Uh, could be songwriting, could be anything. It really is exciting and it unlocks a lot. I struggle to allow myself to outsource certain things. I would love to find somebody to do some of the tasks that I like hate, like for example, vocal comping and editing. I would love to just be able to sing and know I sang fine or whatever, know I sang well and leave it with someone I trust. But I've never had somebody who can hear my voice and edit my vocals the way I want. Same with mixing. I've hired a lot of mixing engineers and you give them the 700 bucks or $1,000 or whatever it might be. And then I go, man, all right, well, that was a waste of money. Now I'm going to mix it myself. Oh, um, no. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Really tough. Oh, no. I've thought about that. Like, do I hire an editor for this show? Because it, it just takes time. It just takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hit a point where I'm like, you know, yes, it takes time. But also, is someone else who listens to the show, whether they listen every week or not, are they really going to understand like how I really want the show to sound? So I'm like, yeah, it's kind of not, I'm kind of in the middle of that. where like, I'd like to have the free time, but also I may end up going back and doing it myself anyway. Yep. Yeah. Right? You kind of hit that point where 
you have an idea, you have what you know the sound the song should sound like. Like you have that idea, and someone else will have your kind of roadmap, but may not have the des- the same destination in mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to juggle. Do I need the time to do something else? But also, is this going to sound how I want it to sound? Right. Yep. Yep. By the way, I have a I have a podcast editing like secret that I found. If you're using Final Cut, I don't know if you're using Adobe or anything else, and I don't know why we're getting so technical. But uh, if you're in Final Cut and you're editing a, like a long video or a talking video, like a podcast, there's a button J, K, and L on your keyboard will actually speed it up, so you can edit and you can watch watch it back at 200 speed, at 200 percent speed or 300 percent speed or whatever. And for long content. It's the key to be able to fly through it, make sure you're editing everything quickly. That's my my secret of the day. Wow, there you go. Podcast tip of the day right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Video. I do videos for Patreon. I have no subscribers because no one cares. No one sees my stuff. But uh, I do the video. I don't edit those, though. They just go like Patreon. You get the raw, like, here's what I did. And then everyone else gets the polished version that I actually work on. Should I be doing it backwards? I don't know. But... It's kind of a thing I decided to do because someone said, you should do this. I'm like, all right, start paying me money then. Thank you. <laughs> well, good Appreciate for you. you. I mean, as you. As you develop, as you develop your listeners and a, and a fan base, I think you'll find Patreon's really valuable. I've been on Patreon since 2014 and it's it's changed my life and it's allowed me to have success or, or be able to continue. And, and some of my like worst times, I broke my spine a few years ago. In a oh. snowboarding accident, and God, I man. couldn't do any other work. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even like sit up. And uh, all I did was I like laid down and I wrote songs. And my patrons were the people that um, supported me behind the curtain to be able to to write songs. And I shared songs with them that I wrote every week. And Patreon kept me afloat. And in me sharing my hardship, my patrons started to share their own hardship and started to build a little community of of people that were brought together by me and my music but all ended up becoming friends and being there for each other. So yes, I know you might be growing your Patreon, but um, be consistent. And I think you will eventually find your community and it's really powerful when you do. It would help if I actually promoted, like that's one thing I've never been good at is sharing my stuff. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it the same way if I get seven downloads or 700 or whatever. So I'm just like, yeah, all right, here I am. I don't know. I'm not really never been good at that, but that is, that's an amazing story that you have a community because you broke, I'm sorry, you broke your spine. I just, I can't wrap my head around like how, how you come back from that. So good Lord, man. How do you, are you're good now though? You're okay. I know I'm Mostly? good. That was like a, that was a, that was a pretty low moment in my life, but um, music and art. Yeah, I know it was music and art is like a very, um, you know, I, I started, you know, playing music because I, I fell in love with music and how it made me feel. And, um, it makes you feel a little bit less alone in the world and, and I don't know, it might empower you, put a guitar on, on and, and run around the room, rocking out, whatever it might, might be, um, very healing and very inspiring. And so, you know, I started from a young age, understanding the power of music and, and trying to have that be my life goal. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes things get tough and music can be there for you. Sometimes things are, are great and music's always been there for me as well. So, yeah, I mean. Hey, creating content, you know, keep it up. Your impact, uh, even at one person, can can be really surprising. Each person matters. Each view matters. Each play matters. And it's so easy to be numb to the fact that your peers might get millions of views or plays or hundreds of thousands or whatever. 
And I think it's important to remember that each one of those views or plays matters and can change a life and can be, um, yeah, really important. Yeah, it's so. Much, I don't even look at my numbers to be completely honest with you. I I just don't even care. Um, not 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 that I don't care. That's not true. But I don't I don't focus on it. And I don't know. I feel like that's just. I'm just going to put it out. I'm going to do the show in a way that if somebody says, "Hey, don't talk about this anymore. Do something else," then okay, we'll make a note. We'll t- we'll take it into consideration and kind of change the show. And that's how the show has evolved over the number of years I've been doing it. And it's just like. Yeah, if one person goes and and listens, that's that's somebody taking time out of their day to listen to me talk about whatever it is. And that means a heck of a lot to me, which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, you have decided that you want your time to be spent with me in your head talking about, you know, talking about music and breaking spines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh and it's like that's yeah, I'm I'm always grateful for that. So, yes, all of you, even though I don't know all of you, thanks community people. I appreciate awesome. every one of you. Um so as is, I, I'm kind of a singer myself, I've done some singing in my day. I am both impressed and kind of jealous at your vocal range. So you said you've been doing music for a long time. Are you classically trained? Did you just, were you singing in the car one day and someone said, Hey kid, start doing this more often and try to hit this note. Like, is it something that you just kind of rolled out and could do? Or have you been uh, trained how to hit all these high notes that I don't, I certainly can't hit. <laughs> I sang to to serve the song for many years. I was like a fine singer. I wasn't good. Um I and I and I, it's, I'm a first generation singer in my family compared to my wife who she's her entire family breaks out into like four part harmony all the time and all the holidays. So Oh I, my goodness. I'm, they're coming back on the holiday show. We're gonna do some singing uh, together. It's gonna be <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're crazy. Uh, my wife's dad is always playing the most insane shows. He plays the arena here all the time. Like when her water broke, he was on stage with Keith Urban and Marin Morris. Anyways, my wife's side of the family, my wife's side is all music. So I'm a first generation singer and I grew up playing guitar in bands. Um, but I was never the well, when I was in high school, I was not the lead singer. I was always backup and I always just played lead guitar. And then towards the end of high school, I started to learn to sing more. Um, my like silly senior project or whatever was like my first recording where I played every instrument and I went into a studio and I and I studied voice for that entire year. So that was sort of the beginning of it. And then I went to college and I started studying business and vocal performance. So I was at University of Oregon where they're teaching a lot of sports business. Um, meanwhile, I'm daydreaming music and I'm watching YouTube and I'm seeing all these people blow up on YouTube, which now are my friends. And I was like, I can do that. I was seeing people like Alex Goot produce every instrument on on his YouTube videos, being like, I can do that. So I started making YouTube videos, um, and I actually got discovered and brought and put into a boy band, where, again, I was like not taking my <laughs> singing. We were like a rock boy band. We were going to be like the next One Direction. I signed a horrible record deal, and I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, no. And I learned all the dark side of the industry. I got so screwed in this. But I... Uh, you know, I did this band. There was a lot of like false promises. We thought we were going to get paid. We thought we were going to have a TV show. We had all these promises. We had four managers. Um, what a nightmare. We ended Wait, up trying four to, managers like, at the same time or like four managers? Time, yeah. With four so, managers. So you're like Peter Gibbons in Office Space. You have eight different bosses. People yeah, I'm going to tell you about it. Oh my God. That sounds awful. It was really bad. Um, so we ended up trying to like get out of our management contract. They tried to sue uh, our parents and sue us for a quarter million dollars for like their time. It was a nightmare. They told us we were never going to work in the industry unless we like paid them this money. And 
we tried to like offer them. I'm going into down a deep path. You asked me about my singing. That's interesting too. Like I was going to ask you about that anyway. Now that you brought yeah. it up, <laughs> yeah. So I now, went down. Share whatever like, you're comfortable sharing. No, no. I don't think that they're. I haven't said any names yet, so no managers are going to come after me for you know their defamation. Um, but they, I'll they cut them totally, out if you do. Yeah, they they screwed us over really hard, and so now um, we you know we went out on our own. Now four guys became three guys, and we were independent. This was now at this point. This was probably 2012. And I recorded and released our debut album. And the band was called King the Kid at this point. And our album was called Start Something. And I wrote all the songs for it and produced it myself. And, you know, I was the lead singer. And I was pushing my vocals as best as I could, but I wasn't great. I had done vocal performance in college, remember? So I was singing a lot of, like, Italian tenor, classical tenor in college. My singing was fine. I would go on tour and I'd get too tired. I wouldn't be able to, like, keep up with the songs that I recorded the vocals to. It was really hard on me. And, uh, you know... Life goes on, and now three guys becomes two guys. We got screwed by that band member as well. Um, and, you know, again, I was progressing my singing, and I was doing covers of songs, but I was not, like, I was not a great singer. You commented, commented me a lot on my, on my range. Um, I was a fine singer. And, you know, life goes on, and, and then TikTok happens. And, you know, meanwhile, I had, I've probably had, I think maybe under just under 200 covers on YouTube and Spotify. So oh, that's a lot of productions. That's a lot of mixing. That's a lot of videos I've edited and, and time spent creating content. Um, so I've certainly sang my butt off and I've toured the U.S. probably like six times. I've toured Europe twice and TikTok comes along and I start posting videos um, and People are responding, of course, to the high notes. So, fine. I already had like a pretty decent range. I did, I was proud of my high notes. And I had like a few aha moments in recording covers where I like unlocked a different part of my voice and was like singing extra high and it felt really good and like my placement was great. So then I started to take my singing a lot more seriously because of TikTok. And I realized that clearly the videos that do better are the ones that, that I'm singing my ass off. So I started training three hours a day, maybe more, uh, vocally, like in the same way that an athlete would train to be in the Olympics or something. You know, you're, you're training exercises, technique, uh, you're, you're tracking your skills, um, and, and every single day my practice routines were becoming more and more complicated, more and more difficult, and the content I was releasing was always at my 100%. And the way I've been doing my TikToks is I do them live. So... A lot of people go out there and they'll do a cover singing of something and they record it. They'll record it into their microphone, they'll edit it up, and they'll do their takes and then they'll lip sync it to a video. Well, I hated watching stuff like that because it's disingenuous and I can tell they're lip syncing and I, it doesn't match. So I started doing my TikToks live, which is a nightmare because I set such a high bar for myself. So I have to get the lyrics right. I have to get the musical performance right. And usually I say something stupid at the beginning or end of it. So I have to not, I have to not stumble. Um, meanwhile, I'm pushing myself to hundred percent of my vocal skills every time. There's like not a TikTok that I've made where I like had more range on top of it. Maybe sometimes, but usually I'm at full, full capacity. So I've been pushing myself now for a few years at full capacity with working on my voice for a few hours a day, at least. And now my voice is, is on another strength. Um, you know, I, I became very competitive and, and would study a lot of the greats and do covers of Celine Dion songs in her key as a male 
saying, no, I'm going to do it in her key and I'm going to hit the notes and I'm going to hit the notes and I'm going to do the high harmony as well. And I just started learning from the greats and Whitney Houston and Steve Perry of Journey and um, just covering these challenging songs. And at the same time, I've been I've been giving my voice just a powerhouse training. So now I got to go back out on tour, which I just returned home. And my voice is another another machine compared to how it was in the past. It's almost unrecognizable from the covers I did back in the day to now it's sort of like I've got a car uh, that can go 180 miles per hour on the freeway if I need to, uh, which is really exciting. And and I don't mean it in like a cocky way, but like I just feel like I'm it's like I'm at the gym or whatever and I'm like working out and I'm stronger now. And it feels really exciting to go out there and get to exercise on stage and show what I can do now. And I and I really do thank TikTok because sure, my success was if I sang crazy stuff. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to just sing crazy stuff and work on it for a few years now. So um, I had all that back catalog of of studying voice in college and slowly working on my voice and starting singing later on in life, now paired with sort of uh, athlete-style training for the last few years. And I've unlocked uh, like a new skill set, which is really exciting. Man, that is... I. I don't know anything about TikTok, but let me start there because I was going to ask you about that, how TikTok has really kind of helped you grow and learn, but you covered all of it. But I like I don't have TikTok. I don't know what I'm not. I don't usually do video stuff anyway, so I don't know how I would use TikTok. But how so that's really been your like the catalyst for your massive growth in terms of engagement, viewership and kind of kicking you on the road to training your voice to make it you know, the, the best part of your body, maybe <laughs> that, TikTok, TikTok has changed a lot of people's lives, but, but it's changing culture. Um, I mean, you can go look at the top charts. It's all TikTok. You can go look at, uh, just television. Um, basically short form digital content has changed the way we absorb content. So now you can see Instagram is no longer posting photos or highlighting photos. They're now on video. Facebook is on video. Uh, YouTube shorts are very much a thing. Short form digital vertical content has changed everything. So I've been posting on YouTube for a long time. Uh, I started my YouTube channel in 2011. And, you know, I I had creeped up to maybe 150,000 followers, which is a lot. And my Instagram was maybe at like 15,000 followers or 15,000, 20,000 maybe when I started TikTok. And all of those have completely multiplied. Now I have a million, 1.6 million followers on TikTok that these are people that didn't know I existed, that they're going, wait, your voice is awesome. Where the hell have you been all my life? And I'm over here going, hey, I've been on YouTube for since 2011 trying to make a living. <laughs> what the hell? But it's really cool because now people are discovering me and I've got a back catalog of music. Now, unfortunately, it's under another name, but we can talk into how how I was creative about how I modified that to, to drive people to my new name, um, my name, because I remember I was releasing under a band, um, multiple band names. So yeah, I uh, TikTok has brought a tremendous new audience to discover me and so many other talented people in all industries, chefs that just react to videos that they now probably have the capability to start their own restaurant because they have great reactions to videos. Um, the amount of content and creators out there that TikTok and short form content has changed their life is incredible. I, I know so many people who were going to give up 
and just go get that corporate job and and not be working in the arts that they've always wanted to that started posting and now have an audience and a fan base and they feel empowered to be able to go and chase the dream again and that's something that I had always ne- I'd never given up on I have always been fighting for creating music and art and um I've always been independent in that in that sense and TikTok has brought a new breath into my my art and my passion and monetization and support and community and I you know I just played a tour and uh I've toured many times and this was it was really weird to me because I have played to no one so many times I played to empty rooms <laughs> And it, yes, it's, join the club. <laughs> oh my God. And, and now for the first time people are, are showing up and I like felt like I sort of embarrassed myself too, because like, I remember one show I was like, who's seen me in the past. And it was like crickets. And I was like, Oh, man. Like, <laughs> yes. You've finally new- been humbled. Yes. Yeah, these are new that's, people that's what you get. No, I, but I've done for so long, but I, I embarrassed myself on stage. Cause I, I like, because I I felt like maybe, oh, these people have come out to my shows in the past. But no, they have not. They they just discovered me through a video of singing my butt off. Um, and the cool thing about it is TikTok is just one of the vertical short form digital content platforms. Uh, people might easily discover you on Facebook from short form video. Now, Twitter is really pushing short form video. Um YouTube, you know, it, it, YouTube shorts, it makes more sense to create short form content right now. And if you have viral success, then you can record a cover. Whereas in 2013 or 2014, 2012, if Katy Perry came out with a new song, it was a race for me and all my peers to try to record a cover the next day, because that was the way to get the eyeballs was to be the related video to Katy Perry's music video. So that would be the quick all right let's recover a full record a full cover now it's different now it's you can record uh short form content and if it goes viral you can cover it you can take a look at um i don't know if you've heard that song running up that hill um by kate bush that song came out in the 80s and now how 30 years later that song has blown up she's making probably i'm gonna say millions of dollars every month from that song and it's changed her life and so many people's lives. And she gets all that money, by the way, because she is the writer, composer, performer. She pays no one at like she doesn't have to worry about all the hands in the in the pot, as it were. She gets all the money. Just I always like to throw that whenever somebody brings that up, I like to throw that out because it's something that you kind of should consider, right? If you're in the business, you have to think about like, okay, I can make this much money from these songs, but then oh, what about all these other people who have put their time and attached their names to this in whatever way. So now we have to kind of worry about that where Kate Butcher said, screw you all Kate Bush. Sorry. I talked fast. Mm. Um, said, screw all you people. I'm making all this money. You're not getting into my profits. And now, you know, it's been in shows. It's, it was on the OC. I think it was in, I mean, WWE used it 10 years ago for WrestleMania. Uh, and now it was in stranger things. And I mean, I've never seen it, but millions of people watch that show. So, it, it gave it a new life, which is fantastic. So people are like, oh, yeah, we just found this song. We're like, yeah, she's been making money on that song for 40 years almost. Good yep. for her. Yeah, so the content that you that you make, that back catalog, can really uh, find new life. And, and that can come through through new, new digital media or, or, you know, could be television or whatever. But um, 
yeah, it's it's really exciting to to know that my back catalog's not just dead and that it can go somewhere. Yeah, because no one now wants to at first listen to a full song anymore, right? Or watch a whole like nobody wants to watch a five minute song video because they're like that's an eternity, right? So I want to watch you do a thirty second cover of like a or you know watch the chorus and go, wow, this guy can sing real good. And then, hey, what else does this guy do? What else does he have? And then they scroll through your TikTok, and then they find your YouTube, and like, hey, this guy's this guy's pretty good. And then that's how now you're sitting here with little old me talking all about breaking your back and being a wonderful singer and using using the technology of the time to your advantage. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really it's it's just a, cr- a crazy time. It's really exciting, and I've been in the industry for over ten years at this point, and and successfully navigated something that's been difficult. I mean, iTunes was a, a thing and it's no longer really a thing. You know, you're, and then now you're dealing with Spotify, which is how music is distributed. And they're the tastemakers. They tell people who and what to listen to. But at the same time, we're not getting paid. 100,000 Spotify streams, if I own 100% of my music, which I do, 100,000 Spotify streams is only $300. 100,000. Yeah. yeah. And and that's really like I mean we we don't have to talk about the uh the messes of that, but that's the really unfortunate thing where you have to push your music to Spotify cuz that's how people are going to hear it. That's the platform most people are using. But how many of those say you have 100,000 streamers? How many of those are going out to buy the song? Half? Less? Oh no. Right? Far, far less. You have to beg to get people to buy the song, you have to actually like instruct them how. Because when people try to open up iTunes, it opens up Apple Music, which is just another music subscription platform. You can buy music on iTunes, but you have to try to bypass Apple Music, which is difficult because they, they want you to subscribe. Of course. Yeah, everything has turned into... like You used to be able to get... Um, oh, it, it was a podcast editing thing that... Uh, Adobe Audition. And you used to be able to, to be able to get a lifetime license for like I don't know, 60 bucks or whatever. Mm. But like four months ago or longer, they decided, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. Now you pay us $22 a month for the same service that you once paid us to get a lifetime for. I'm like, all right, that's kind of where we are. Like we're in, you know, you either you stream it so you don't own it. You basically rent it for as long as it's on the service, you know, depending on who decides when that, you know, when that clock ends. And then to buy it, no, no, you have to subscribe to our service, and then you still don't. But cheap plug, Bandcamp, best way to do it. That's what I found anyway, is I've gotten more people listening through Bandcamp than anywhere else. Because it's like, hey, I can also, I can listen and download this in the same place and no extra stuff to do. So that's like the third interview in a row I've plugged Bandcamp. I don't work for them. They don't sponsor the show, but I'd love it if they did. But yeah, no, Bandcamp, I think, is like, because you mentioned you can't, you know, iTunes, you can't, like, you have to take a lot of steps to get there. So I don't know, put your stuff on Bandcamp, tell people to go there. Would that work for, is that, I'm going to, I'm going to advise you here. You're welcome. Free, free music advice from a guy who is not a professional musician. Well, technically I am, but who doesn't do it for a living. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bandcamp is, is great. I, I use that in uh, 2015. 15 at the end of a difficult band breakup and it allowed allowed people to pay whatever they wanted for the song which was a, yeah. something that Radiohead came up with um and that model was really cool where people would say look I love this song I love this artist I believe in them I'm not going to give them a dollar 29 I'm going to give them 30 bucks 
Um, and so people would be able to support the art and it helped create more value. Uh, it helped realize the value that we, that our art is in out in the world, because right now there's an imbalance. We, we create art and Spotify is telling us that our art is only worth 0.003 cents and our art can change someone's life. Our art can affect somebody in such a big way. And it, the value exchange is, is off right now. So yeah, Bandcamp is an open one. But just so you know, your Patreon, you can listen to podcasts in the Patreon app and have your audio be right there. So another plug for Patreon. That is true. I do put these shows up on Patreon a couple of days early. So That's exciting. Yeah, sign up. Five bucks a month. That's a plug for me. I don't know. How much is your thing a month? You have tiers, right? So my Patreon, and I've been on there since 2014, my Patreon is not per month. It's per creation. So usually, or at least in the past, it was like two YouTube videos uh, a month. That was the way that I was funding things. But when everything turned to short form digital content, uh, I did start funding batches of covers, of, of short covers. So I still was funding two a month. So the way that works is people on Patreon can, can pledge $10 or $5 or $20 or $50 or $150 per thing. And then they can choose how many things they want to fund. And based on my data, most people only fund one or two things at whatever they want, you know, 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. And then uh, there's a handful of people that do unlimited and a handful of people that are like three or four things. But I usually only charge two things per month, sometimes three, but usually two. So if I release a, a music, a, an actual original song, I might give them the audio early, and then I might fund also the music video. So that would be an example of two things that would happen. That, that's what happened this last month. Okay. Well, there you go. See, so you have options. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'm going to put all the link tree, all your stuff, because your link tree is packed. So it's a, there's a lot in there, which is great, because it's like, hey, it's link tree, by the way, is, it's a pretty great platform where like, hey, here's all my stuff in one place. It's all there. It's hard to organize, and I'm constantly having new things change. Yeah, I, it's not. I, I like Linktree, but I feel like I'd love to buy my own website that would work. But I just, I've been struggling with the fact that my name is like a number, a name of another composer, which that made changing my music difficult uh, because David Michael Frank is a composer from the '80s, um, and uh, and you're also DM related to the Power Ranger, Jason, Jason David, David Frank, Frank. Right? Yeah, you're obviously. A there's yeah. a bunch of us. There's a bunch <laughs> of us. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, I can't find a URL for my name that is anywhere close to what I want. So I would make my own link tree in my mind, but I, I, there's nothing. I, oh. I, DMF, no. Like, I tried to buy that website recently and the guy wanted like $50,000. And I was like, I know. <laughs> oh, kick rocks, bud. Oh, exactly. That's, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> well, people always confuse me for the melting pot, the restaurant. So oh, delicious. that's always fun. Yeah. They, they always like, Hey, when I think about your show, I think of the restaurant and I want to eat there. I was like, well, that's great, but I don't get a kickback for that. So <laughs> maybe I should partner with them and say, Hey, I don't know what, what would that, what do they get out of that? Well, you could do a podcast. You could, all your podcasts could be while eating fondue, <laughs> you know? It's sort of like hot ones with wings, but, you know. Fondue. I don't think fondue. I've ever had fondue. Oh, man. It's life-changing. I, okay. I bought one of those uh, little Amazon fondue uh, pots. Um, 
you know, for your, for your wife, go, I'm telling you, do this as a, as a date, but now like you own it. They're not that expensive. It's just, it heats up automatically, right? It's like 20 okay. bucks or whatever. So, All but right. you get that. Now you've thought of this perfect date night and you could do either, you could take it down the cheese route which I'm telling you, there's all kinds of pre-made ones ready to go, Swiss cheeses, or you can make your own, do cheddar, mix some beer in there, do like a, a medley of different cheeses, and then go pick up apples and pears and uh, breads and different stuff to mix them to the cheeses. You think cheeses is fun. Now go chocolate, and you can go, you know, strawberries, and, and you can do a combo of dark chocolate, white chocolate. Now that's your ultimate date night, and you own the thing for 20 bucks. So from time to time, bust out that fondue, and your wife will love you forever. Okay. Well, we're married 10 years tomorrow, so that's going to be Congrats. that's a good thing. Thank you. It seems it doesn't seem like it's real, but here Ten we years, are. That's nuts. that's that's, uh, that's exciting. What where where were you married? We were married in uh it was a place in Bristol, PA called Silver Lake Nature Center. We got married in like their outdoor amphitheater like back in the woods basically cuz they charged us $55 and we're like that sounds good. And uh <laughs> it was the hottest day of my life. And it was like, so like the day it took, a, I don't want to go down the whole thing, but it, it took us a, a winding road to get there. But once we did, it was like, you know what? This turned out pretty great. Have to say. That's awesome. Yeah. We yeah. had a COVID wedding. So we had, we planned it three times and we kept getting canceled on. And they were like, well, you could eventually send your invitations out if the guidelines change. And so like we had to cancel three weddings and then we did a small COVID wedding. And oh it, God. It was a nightmare oh, that I, I can imagine. I mean, we had a kid in COVID, so as did you. Mm-hmm. So you, we there was that was uh, quite the set of challenges as well. Um, yeah, messy challenges. You're breaking your back. You're learning mm-hmm. TikTok and iTunes abandoned us. We're just all kinds of problems we're having. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, I know you got to get out of here. I have two more questions. One's a little bonus for the end of the show, but we've kind of talked about only one about how like this is your solo debut this is your kind of reintroduction as yourself so how much of this was written by you how much of this did you lean on the professionals it's been out for about a month now right so how has the response been tell me all about it okay so this song was written in a in a very unique day where we actually wrote three songs in one day, in one session. I've never done that. It was literally Jesus. like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so it was like, it was just like little ideas. And then we, we were like, all right, we've got this idea. And we and then we've got this other idea and this other idea. And we started with these three like ideas. And we we're like, where do you want to start? We we're like, I don't know. And so we like quickly like did one of them. And I don't remember if only one was the first or the second or third of the three, but it was a day that was three songs in two or three hours. It was nuts. Um, but I have 20 or so songs to choose from for the debut single. I chose that one just because it had sort of a, honestly, it was not offensively too rock and not offensively too slow. It was sort of like a good thing that I felt like people were going to either, they more people were going to like it than like hate it. And I was about to play it on tour for a month um, without people having heard it. So I played it every night and people went hard. Um, the official music video is a compilation of footage from that of me playing it every night and the crowd was wild every night and it was really cool to play a song that wasn't out and people were people were rocking out and I had posted little clips of the chorus so people actually already knew the words which was not to the verses but to the chorus they already knew the words so that was cool Um, and then when the song came out we charted as an independent artist we hit number two on the alternative charts 
directly behind Imagine Dragons. Uh, but this was the same day that Demi Lovato's album came out and Panic! The Disco's album came out and we were ahead of them. So it hit number two on Alternative and then on all genres, it hit 38. So top 40, woohoo. Um, but yes, you made it. <laughs> I made it, but but I don't I don't have any form of radio or any form of support, so I'm not getting the banner on Spotify to be like buy this song or or stream this song. Whereas like Panic the Disco's album comes out, and of course they get all of that promo. So I, I was on the charts for just a few days before I dropped back because I I didn't have the I don't have the the push. Um, it's not it's not fair. But anyways, the song was uh very well received. I'm doing an open verse challenge, so I've been inviting people to duet. Uh, I basically recorded a TikTok, and I left the second verse open. So I sing the chorus, and I say, you sing your own verse. And then I've had people submit into that contest to do their open verse and to write their own verse to my chorus. And I'm running that contest still for a few more weeks. And anybody that enters has the opportunity to be flown out to Nashville on my dime. I'm going to fly. I have some Southwest miles, so there you go. There it <laughs> is. I'm gonna fly, fly him out to Nashville, and we're gonna record another version of Only One, and I'm gonna include that person's verse in the song. We'll also do a cover together to sort of like re-promote it. So that's something that's sort of unique and cool. I'd ask my wife, like, "Hey, is it cool if I fly someone here?" And she was like, "That's weird, but let's do it." Um, so there you go. You can be a part of the the thing, and I can't help you push the song, but I can play it. Does that work? Yeah, you can play it. Yeah, the song the song's called Only One. Uh, written with um, two other people, Chris Sly and Mary Cutter, who they're very country, and I'm not as country, but we all sort of melting pot, melting patted our, melting potted our, our genres. You owe me uh, $25, thank you. That, they, they, that's that's <laughs> 900,000 streams. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and on to the next. I have an acoustic version of Only One, but then I've got like 20 other songs that I need to record that are written. So I'm very excited. Okay. So you, you got enough for like three albums almost. I'm just going to keep rolling singles until something pops off and then I'll put whatever batch together into an album. Um, and that'll be, that'll be the first album. Yeah. I've talked about this with a lot of people like singles seems to be the way to go because like we said at the beginning, you know, short form stuff is kind of where we are at this point. It's kind of like, Oh, nobody's going to sit down and listen to eight tracks or whatever, but they'll listen to one, they'll stream one and get you kind of some play there, your seven cents from Spotify. So yeah, that's interesting. And then make us all pay for them again when you release the album. That's dastardly. And I love it. Yep. Now <laughs> there is sort of two versions of it though. Number one, like the other way is if you did have an album right out, right before you don't have a huge window, you maybe get a year, but if you had an album that you're still confident about, and it's out, and then you promote, you go try to get viral, try to go viral, and just constantly drive people back to your first album. There's that sort of discovery model as well, which we've seen some TikTokers do lately, which really does work too. Okay, so there you go. So embrace the TikTok kids, and uh, somebody younger than me, teach me how to use it. And then, you know what, just do all the work for me, all right? I'll give you a, I don't know, a Wawa gift card or something. Oh, you're not from the East Coast. You don't know what Wawa is. I just got off tour. I am familiar, very familiar with Wawa, and it has saved the tour at, at many late nights, and we've been able to eat food. I'm going to cut that, cut around that and say, we love you, Wawa. Sponsor the show. We're going to cut sponsor. around that, just in case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I have one more question for you uh, at the end of the show here. But for the moment, friends, here it is. 
David, I almost said Jason David Frank because I made the joke <laughs> a few minutes ago. David Michael Frank, the song is only one. My friend, thank you for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So here it is. More me right after this. You're not the only one. There you have it. My thanks to David Michael Frank. The song Only One. Go get the thing where you do those things. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. You know the drill. That's a fantastic song. I love it. Only One. So good. So good. Love that. I'll put all of his stuff in the show notes at the meltingpat.com. His link tree will be there. All the things. A link to buy the song. Um, Whichever one that I can find faster, I think is what I'll do. So there you go. My thanks. I hope all the things worked out for us. My thanks to David Michael Frank for joining me. My thanks to Hope for sending him my way. Tremendous. Love every bit of it. You like that one? Does that work? That's good, right? 
I don't know. I feel like whenever I try to go too high on those riffs, it doesn't work out. But, you know, maybe an actual good singer could do that. David's going to be listening to this, be like, hey, man, you should do it like this and just jump it up three, four octaves, be like, and go that way. I don't know. That was, oh, that hurt, actually. That physically hurt. Try to do a stupid bit that no one cares about but me. Anyway, (laughs) David Michael Frank, only one. He appears courtesy of of 25.8PR. So go get the things. Go follow him on TikTok and Instagram and all those places and YouTube and all that. And uh, join his Patreon and get yourself featured. There's a contest. You can win. You could be featured on his song. And I think that'd be great for you. Right? Would it be great? Would it be awesome? You can fly and meet him and say, hey, I heard about you on the melting pad. And he'll say, fondue sounds great. And then you can bond over fondue. You're welcome. You're welcome. I love you too. All right. That's all. We did it. TheMeltingPat.com for all of my stuff. There's a network tab where you can find out all about what's going on with all of our shows. You know the drill, right? Did I just mess something up? I moved a wire, my headphones. Anyway, it's fine. So there we go. We're good. We are good. No g Love and special sauce today because, again, longer shows. You know the drill. But go check them out, philadelphonic.com. Tell them I sent you. They might remember. They will have no idea who I am, but uh, I love that I get to play their song at the end of most shows. So there you go. That's all. We're good. Thanks for coming. This has been an 8-Boiler production. So until next time, my friends, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated and boosted when you can. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. We are good, right? Yes. Right. David Michael Frank is all the things. All this stuff will be there. Thank you so much for joining me. There is a bonus, of course, at the end of the show. I asked him the all-important question, so stick around after the credits for that. But until then, that's all. We're good, right? Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the football this weekend. Um, Good luck in your fantasy leagues. I don't care who's on your team. Good luck. Have fun. And uh, I'll talk to you next time with some more stuff. All right? All right. I love you. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. I'm telling you, it just sounds better that way. Go crap open a cold one. You are not out of the woods yet. I ask this question of every guest, and I do judge you based on your answer. So, think carefully. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Well, by all definitions, a sandwich would be bread surrounding a meat. A hot dog does seem to have entered its own category, but is a burger a sandwich? I'd say so. So by that, I'm going to say, yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. Okay. Well, see, this is why I do this at the end of the show, because now we got to scrap the whole thing, because you answered incorrectly. I'm sorry to Uh say. You were on the right track when you said a hot dog is its own category. You were on the right track. I'm like, he's going to say no. He's going to get the right answer. And then you took a left turn. What category is hot dog? Is it just hot dog? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hot dog. And here's why. If you go to a deli, Right. You've been, you know, you're familiar with delis. They sell sandwiches, mm-hmm. right? Turkey, ham, roast beef, whatever. You're not going to see hot dog under sandwiches. You're going to see all the sandwiches 
and then hot dog hamburger as their own thing. So you're isolating hamburger as well. You don't think hamburger counts as sandwich? No, I'd put it in its own in its own category too. What about a sloppy Joe? What about it? See now, see now you're going into what about I'm, I'm not a politician. I don't play what aboutism games. But uh, you know, a sloppy Joe. See hot food. See here's the other thing: deli sandwiches, turkey, ham, roast beef. Right? Can be cold, can be hot, whatever. Hot foods they're separated because you have to cook them. Right, mm-hmm. and so why would you put a cold turkey sandwich in the same line as a sloppy Joe or a hamburger or a hot dog? Okay, I right? I uh, I concede. I, I will I will give you this one. Another one for the good guys. Let's go. There yes. you go. <laughs> I love asking people that question because it's not it's not a personal thing. It's just like, huh, make you think about something that. Uh, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yep. But it's always a fun way to end the show. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for the time. And this will be up on uh, Saturday. I'll tag you all the places. And uh, hopefully, I don't know, people listen and want to duet with you. That would be great. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thanks, man. <laughs>